Hello, and welcome to Bitch Pod. Back episode again nine. with another episode. Um, ah. Yeah, we're going to change it up this week. Last week, we asked you to ask us a couple questions, and we're going to get into those. Yes. But first, our red flags of the week. AJ, what have Wait, you Wait, we have to today? introduce ourselves. Remember, oh, I'm uh, AJ. Monica. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so yeah, we're changing it up again because last week introduced our weekly red flags because we know it's very important. And this week we will be doing a Q&A style, um, as Annika just said. So instead of doing the um, hot takes and the tea section, tea. we're just going to do questions and then also our weekly propagation. That's not going anywhere because it is the hallmark of this show. But like Annika said, red flag of the week. What's yours? Um, mine is if he's obsessed with other guys' bodies. Like, I feel like I've had so many guys <laughs> who are, like, starting to work out and, like, get gains. And then they become gym rats. And they're, like, we'll be walking somewhere. And they'll be, like, did you see that guy's calves? And I'll be, like, um, no, you I You go didn't. to the gym with guys? No, 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 no. I mean, we'll be out in public and they'll be, like, wow, do you see that guy's calves? Do you see that guy's delts? Like, Wow, they look so. I'm like, I, I've literally never noticed these things. I feel like I don't. I don't care. I don't exercise, so like maybe that's just me. Yeah, I was gonna but like, say you go to the gym. No, <laughs> since one. No. Um, but yeah, I feel like guys who are like obsessed with their bodies and then other people's bodies, it just kind of shows me that you're maybe slightly a little bit insecure. So yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. I've never experienced that before, but I could see how it's really annoying because you know when like men are at the gym and then they just it, it seems like. Like, I've, I don't go to the gym often, but it seems like there's, like, a competition complex it at the is. gym. It is. Absolutely. That's so interesting. I do my Everyone just wants to be the hottest guy at the gym. And it's just, it's very homoerotic, and I just wish they would recognize that. But you know but, what? You you live near, like, L.A. and all that stuff. Like, in California, people are very obsessed with appearances. I mean, That's here, not... but, I mean, also at college, too, I experience the same thing. I feel like guys everywhere are just trying to, like, be really? on top. Yeah. The gym at our university or the gym? Mm-hmm. Just... The gym at our university. That's a gross gym, too. Like, Yeah, what? it's very much, like, <laughs> ugh. Ew, I can yeah, see the kind of people. I can gross. literally, even just walking by and seeing them just in the window. think of, like, think of the muscle tees that you have to see exactly walking saying. by the gym. It's awful. That's so funny. No, I literally did one thing at the gym. Like when I did go to that gym, it was like the step thingies because oh, it was yeah. too cold to run outside. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, Boston. Um. So yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so that's there's red Annika's red flag of the week. If he's obsessed <laughs> with other guys' bodies at the gym. Um. My red flag of the week is like people that self-identify slash self-refer as an activist. Um. I don't know. There's just something so. Okay, so there are organizing for like clout purposes. Like I could think of a few people that you and I both know that like <laughs> one mm-hmm. person comes. That eyebrows went up. I know who you're talking about. Yep, <laughs> that organize for clout purposes, um, and that's where I feel like the term organizing sort of came about because we're realizing that organizing is distinguishable because it has to do more directly with community rather than like being inflammatory. Um, Not that activism is directly equal to being inflammatory, but you get it. I don't know. There's just something like when I look at someone's bio and I see that it says like activist, it's just like, 
it, it's not that it's it doesn't always mean that they're organizing for clout purposes but like sometimes I'm just like hmm what does this mean to you I might sound like a hater right now but yeah, a there's a bit. very specific type of person <laughs> there's a very specific type of person that comes to mind when people self-identify as an activist and but what there's if just something a, about it that bothers okay me. but what if it's like a caveat and not an identity like they were like oh I'm a business owner I'm an advocate I'm an activist I'm a chef you know I'm a parent well I feel like we like (laughs) we real organizers (laughs) I'm just kidding we we like as a society like if you are like really interested in community engagement etc have moved past like the what's the word the connotations that come with like identifying as an activist and more towards organizing because like I said Mm -hmm. organizing is more community oriented I don't know there's just something about it it's like looking in someone's bio and seeing the word creative. Like, <laughs> I'm a creative. I'm a content creator. There's just something so vague about that. I mean, that's like a different beef that I have. There's something so vague about that where I'm just like, well, what are you making? Like, what are you, like, I don't know. Self-identify better, y'all. Or better yet, I'm, I don't um, identify. <laughs> that's literally what I say. <laughs> or better yet, don't identify. Because I feel like we have moved past the, having one specific identification. I think it's also, interesting when you ask people. don't identify themselves correctly at like period. The time. I realized that when you ask people like, so like, tell me about you. Then they tell you like about their job. They're like, oh, well, I'm a, I don't know. I'm an accountant yeah. or I'm a father or I'm a mother. And it's like, it really doesn't tell you. I mean, it tells you what they spend most of their time doing, but it doesn't necessarily tell you exactly who they are. Something to think about when you ask someone, when you ask yourself, who are you? Like, what comes to mind and why? There's some food for thought in that red flag. What about you, Annika? What comes to mind for you? I have. Oh, yeah. Many very little identity. I have very little self-awareness is what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know how I would identify. That is true. When we were When we were thinking about like, our little bio on the podcast I came up with mine in like two seconds and Annika took like all day okay because you know your aesthetics I'm like I don't feel like I fit in to any of these like what you are in LA girl. if I had You're to self-identify I'd be like I'm a bitch like yeah. number one <laughs> which like, is the point of this podcast exactly like that's me to a T be like whatever good <laughs> or whatever bad you take from that that's what I am that's so funny my I mean yeah that, that's <laughs> um I feel like if I had to self-identify I don't know I don't want to be like I'm a creative I, I feel like I'm the type of person where it's like I like to create the things that I want to see in the world and that like is what this podcast is it's like what my friendships are that's like what I don't know I just feel like if there's something that I want to see I create it but you know it's a little too close to what I was talking about I had beef with so let me backtrack a little bit. I just feel All like right. it's you basically just summarized that like white feminist Emma Watson quote that's like, if not oh. now, when? If not you, who? Like, Ew, no. <laughs> see, because like saying that you want to create things you want to see in the world comes with a lot of privilege that you get to create those things. Like you have time to create those that things. That is so, true. Yeah. I acknowledge my privilege. Okay, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> Moving on to a proposition. Now, remember, y'all, as I say every single week, this, or as I try to say every single week, this is an interactive podcast. So, the things that we will be mentioning in our Rosebud Thorn, you will see on our Instagram when the podcast episode drops. Um, 
yeah and remember it is btch pod on instagram and that is where you will find the stuff so rosebud thorn annika you've got a lot <laughs> um yeah so i i ventured out into this dangerous uh pandemic of a world and i went to drop your jeans in west covina and Hold on, bitch wait you already got the <laughs> the I, I don't i don't know if i should say it because it hasn't the the thing that you wrote in bud the third thing no oh 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 that's uh, like bud is like okay okay oh, yeah boy. i haven't gotten it yet chill 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 chill, chill. okay <laughs> so i went to west covina made the trip um and drop your jeans is this warehouse thrift store and all they have are levi's 501 jeans just stacks and stacks of them all the vintage places in la that sell marked up jeans for like get them from drop their jeans in West Covina. So I was like, let me go direct to the supplier. They just have stacks of 501 jeans and they tell you what year they're from. It's so messy. It's so hot. It's straight up just like a cheap warehouse. And I sat through digging through piles of jeans in the 80 degree weather with a mask on to find the perfect pair of a crew brown like seamed I need to see this white denim jeans I'm currently wearing them I'm very proud of them because I take pride in my jeans it's like the best thing in my wardrobe wait can I I see yeah I'll stand up on FaceTime right now but honestly like they fit great um they were such a find and they weren't marked up like the rest of the vintage jeans that I like I will not spend more than like like $60 on a pair of vintage Levi's like all the ones that I found like in Paris at thrift shops like they have to be cheap otherwise they're not worth it for me but I found these and they were really good and then I hit up in like where was this somewhere in the valley the Urban Outfitters surplus store oh wait I think it's in Sherman Oaks and it's all of the left leftover stock from the Urban Outfitters store so everything that was last season and I found this great black lace peasant top square neck with poofy sleeves oh I just like I wish I could wear it to brunch and I'm not going to brunch but it would look fantastic so I'm so so happy really (laughs) funny because like um if there's one thing you want you need to know about Annika is that she's gonna get her a pair of Levi's she has like a Levi radar in her mind that mm-hmm. just takes her to the nearest, like, best price Levi's. Like, when we were in Paris, I will never, each episode, we will never stop talking about it. <laughs> we, we went to this kilo shop. in Paris. I know, yeah. That's <laughs> the only two places. Like, don't worry, y'all. <laughs> we're not, like, <laughs> traveling every day. No. But um, there was this kilo shop. The kilo guy. shop. Yeah. If we're in Paris, go to Found kilo shop. Javen. It's Raven with a J. Look for him. He's amazing. <laughs> is he still do you think he'd still be there i'm sure he's still there <laughs> probably probably yeah, yeah yeah um wonderful okay okay i have the fries and the lemonade <laughs> okay. Okay. aj went to I chick-fil-a um i just want to acknowledge that this moral absolutist over here is living in hypocrisy <laughs> um they have great lemonade they do i love chick-fil-a i I know it's bad but here i had to do it (laughs) i had to do it all right anyways moving on um so i got oh yes this wonderful pair of cowboy boots that i got from literally this woman that i just bought it off of from this um it's like this app called next door where you like can put on 
you, you just basically talk about the neighborhood. It's like for every single neighborhood that you live in. So that's really exciting because if you download it, people will be having forums and discussions about things going on around you. And also there will be people selling things. So that was so cool because she was selling this pair of boots. I literally went over to her house. She's like, yeah, I have a bunch of shoes that I don't need. She gave me a pair of Converse. She gave me a pair of Victoria's Secret slides for free. And she also gave me this wonderful pair of cowboy boots, which y'all will be seeing on the Instagram. Um, the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me because I've been looking for a pair of good boots and I found them. Look at that. Amazing. Manifest. Another thing is the Olive and June nail stickers. I've been looking for some good nail stickers because um, I thought some regular stickers would cut it, but they just didn't. And Olive and June, which is a, I, I don't know if y'all were listening a few weeks back and remember me saying that I got the Olive and June nail box, which is basically like the manicure set. I, I honestly, now that I think about it, you don't need it. Like any, any manicure supplies will do. I feel like the only good manicure supplies you really need are a good, um, what is that thing called? Base the and top file. Coat. Oh. No, the file and the base coat and the top coat. I feel like those are really the Base important. and top coat are it for me. Um, yeah. The color, honestly, you could use any color, but if you have the best base and top coat, like, that's all you really need. So, yeah. And then I got some nail stickers from them, which are actually really adorable. I got little flowers and, like, lemons. Really cute and summery. So, yeah, that was my rose. I'm so excited about those things. Um, what's your buds? Uh, yeah, so Amine's um, new album is dropping on Friday. I'm super hyped. I feel like I haven't had, like, a ton of good music in my life lately like I like the Flo Millie album I'm excited for this oh, Megan Cardi yes. B collab but like yes Amine's whole album I've seen him like twice in concert I think he's so cool I love his flow like it's just it's getting me through this week with all of the... wait he dropped a new album no he's going to on Friday oh yeah yeah <laughs> So that's like, why it's wait, my bud, because I have just papers and boring stuff going on. So that, that'll no, be the punch. No, Millie's album would definitely be my bud, because I haven't listened to it yet. But I hear it's really, really good. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. Amazing. Um, my bud, um, we love continuity. Last week, Annika recommended me this book, Bonk by Mary Roach. I've barely read it so far. I think I've gotten like maybe oh, 13 pages in. Um, so far, it's good. I just haven't had time to read because I've been doing med school apps and stuff. So, But so far, I really like it. I love her voice. If you're it's a amazing. book head. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really good if you want to learn more about like the curious coupling of science and sex. And she's a fantastic writer, which mm-hmm. if you're a scientist like me, I feel like that's like something that is lacking in a lot of scientific texts. So she's literally so the back. funny. Like, no yeah her so voice is funny. fantastic she said can a person think herself to orgasm can a dead man get an erection is vaginal orgasm a myth why doesn't viagra help women or for that matter pandas <laughs> in this book blah blah, blah. i was like what i have yes it's amazing and she just like i love the way her mind works it's clinical and dry and sarcastic and she really says the things that people just should not be saying and she says wonderful. everything you need to know like okay like yeah, I just told AJ to read a page. If you want just a laugh, turn to page 210 of Bond <laughs> and you will just cackle. See, um, Annika is one of those people that has like, like your sense of humor is very, uh, how do I describe it? I don't know. It's really odd to me. What you laugh mean? at some weird shit. You laugh <laughs> at some weird stuff. Like, 
Like, can I'm you describe just, it for the audience, please? My my sense of humor is it's it's dry, it's sarcastic, it's dirty, like yeah, social taboos. Dirty. Yeah, like very dirty. Like anything that is socially unacceptable, I absolutely love. Like it's very dirty. Like one of the first R-rated movies that I saw and was obsessed with was The Hangover, and I was like ten. And that, I feel like, set the tone for my life. Like, I love really bad, like, raunchy movies. Like, you don't mess with the Zohan, like, Borat. Like, that type of stuff, like, is my humor. Like, stupid. Ew, no. Like, beyond. That's so interesting, because that's exactly what I would guess about yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Have we ever, we've never seen a movie. No, we watched The Kissing Booth. Did you watch the second one? No, I haven't watched the second one. I'm just, No. <laughs> You need to watch the second one. Because you told me to watch the first one. I know, one. I did. <laughs> I only watched the first one because you, in Barcelona, <laughs> I only, that was that week that we were binge watching the heck out of oh, 13 yeah. Reasons Why. Do you remember? I didn't even finish 13 Reasons Why. Did you watch no. the last either? Oh, I'm, I'm not good at finishing shows that I start on Netflix. Like, I'll watch the first season if they come out with the nose and I'm kind of like, eh. Wait, speaking of which, where is I May Destroy You? Because I was trying to watch that the other day, but I don't it's see on it on HBO. Netflix. Oh, mm, see, that's why. If you listening, you guys uh, Watch I May Destroy You. It would literally change <laughs> hook, your hook life. Hook me up. Um, Y'all better hook me up with that HBO password, because you know I ain't got it. <laughs> oh, oh, what was your... Yeah, gosh, your yes, button. this is what we were talking about. Fenty skin. I have been waiting for Rihanna's drop for so long. But okay, I have seen so many reviews of the cleanser and the fat water, yeah. and I'm kind of like, meh. But what I'm actually excited about is the sunscreen. Like the glow, it looks like it's a mix of Future Dew from Glossier and, and their sunscreen. Boots. And that is exactly what I want. Like yeah. if I could have, because I use both of those products. So if I could just have a combo of them, like it's like, that's the dream um and the glow on it looks amazing no white cast it's gluten-free it's vegan and she seems to be really committed to having like a sustainable product which I really appreciate so I'm looking forward to trying it I'm waiting for it to come to Sephora so I can use my points because I'm not trying to buy it directly from Fenty Skin so I hear that if you go to Sephora in person, like someone has to like follow you around because you can't try oh, the stuff on. I would never even that, go to Sephora. No. Have you heard of that? In person, like even oh, without the pandemic. Anymore. I mean, I would have before, but I mean, now it's like everyone touches all those samples. Like I couldn't even imagine. Like I used to be putting like straight up lipstick and stuff. Like trying the way hard. we were living. <laughs> How are we so living this way? I don't understand. Before. I never even thought about it. The eyeliner I used to just straight try on. I'm like, I will never be doing that again. I don't even understand. Yeah, like apparently the Sephora and Prudential is like the like the busiest Sephora in America like they not the busiest but they like bring in the most revenue mm, in America which I I actually see it because it's like 20 employees at the door being like yeah hey, can we help you like, I'm not surprised that. um love love that Sephora and then there's another Sephora literally oh, on Newbury yeah. and then there's another Sephora literally near Fenway there are three Sephoras within like They're a two mile close. radius of each yeah Boston, I love that. like really needs its makeup the same way there's a Madewell on Prudential and on Newbury, that's like, not necessary. Yeah, it's like 0.2 miles from each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> your thorn, okay, which I'm very acid. I feel like it just doesn't work for my skin type. I don't have particularly dry skin, but I also don't feel like it's locking in the moisture the way that everyone says it should be. I've tried the ordinary one. I've tried one other one that like I got off of Amazon that's just like a 100% like straight hyaluronic acid. And uh, I don't know, I feel like it just is not working for me the way that it should be. Like I was doing it in the morning, mostly under my moisturizer and sunscreen, but I just feel like I need to try something else. I don't know. Under your moisturizer? I think, okay, the ordinary hyaluronic acid formulation. Yeah, not but then good. I tried another one. Um, the one off of Amazon, prop- you need to get like a really good one. Like I hate to say it, I'll get you the Glossier one. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you will okay. have. The is that one really one. good? Though? <laughs> that one's really good. It was the first one I ever used, and it's still the best one I've used. Wow, I mean it with all my heart. It's so good. I feel like when people are like, "Oh, I have like hyaluronic acid isn't working for me," like you're mm-hmm. using the wrong one because a lot of them just it's just not good quality ingredient. So yeah, anyone who's listening and saying hyaluronic acid isn't working for you, you're wrong. Um, but yeah, I'll get you the glossier one. So yeah. That just about does it for the week in our propagations. Now we're going to move on to questions, the questions that y'all been asking us. So we chose our three top yeah. three <laughs> questions. <laughs> and the first one that we're going to start off with is about Beyonce and capitalism. Um, um, we have very opposing views on um, this because I know that whatever AJ is yeah, going to say is going to hurt my feelings. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, That's why you're because going don't dismiss my queen, but respect on her goddamn fame. Um, I've watched Black is King three times already, and it's not that she's beyond critique, but I don't want to hear your critiques about Beyonce because it's like leave her alone, leave her alone. Look what she's doing for the people. Like, where are we getting representation? Where are we getting brown skin girls? And in Black is King, girls getting their hair braided in cornrows, bantu knots. We are not seeing that type of representation anywhere else. And I need her to push it forward, even though I recognize that she is contributing to capitalism and that much of much of her base is white and that she is palatable enough to white people because she has Eurocentric features, because she used to be skinny, because she is light skinned. Like, but I also feel like th- like it's a scale. Like we need her, but also how problematic is she in society and is she perpetuating a problem? Um, I don't understand why people are going to Beyonce for the revolution. She is a good Southern girl from Houston, Texas. She's a registered Republican. She's raised by Tina Knowles or Tina Lawson. Y'all know Tina Lawson is also just a good Southern woman. And the implications of what a good girl is down here is just very much like stay in your own lane. Don't shake the table. Beyonce's version of shaking the table is mm-hmm. wearing the, um, what was it? The thing that Michael Jackson wore? Or was it the thing that the Black Panthers wore? Or something like that at the Super Bowl. Um, that's Beyonce shaking the table. Beyonce has always been a quiet, stay in your own lane type of woman. So I don't, see the purpose in going to her for a revolution in 2020. Now, I do see the, so someone on Twitter, I believe it was Clarissa M. Brooks. I really hope that's who it is. But she came up with the, um, I'll, I'll um, correct myself in the yeah. Instagram post this week if I was wrong, but she came up with the term Wakandification, um, which I think is, you know, really funny. 
But she basically was saying that Beyonce was wrong for making the film too extravagant in the first place and should have toned it down a little bit. And that's an, it's an African aesthetic draped in capitalism, um, as opposed to actually remembering the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by US imperialism and you know just homogenizing African culture. As somebody who is a first generation American living in America, it is very interesting seeing the shift from when I was younger and, you know, a lot of stigma against African people towards now where there's a lot more like getting back to the roots and returning to source, which one should see as a good thing. But there is definitely a lot of homogenization that comes with it, which is where the word Wakandification mm -hmm. came from. Um, and then that begs the question of like, why is that a bad thing? <laughs> because it's like, a lot of people don't really know where they're mm -hmm. from. A lot of people like, this is their way of connecting with um, African culture, especially like we were take like people were taken from a place in which they belonged. And so Beyonce, she intended obviously to celebrate that. Um, but what's interesting is that she definitely is getting criticized for it because there is sort of a, an insulting, undertone of the homogenization of African culture, because it's not necessarily doing anything for the um, appearance of African culture. And also, people have been saying that she's just now dipping her hand into yeah. the, you know, the movement and etc. She, this is basically her extent of activism. She's shown us, she's mm -hmm. shown us that. She told us to sign a petition. Who knows, she probably donated, she's Beyonce, she definitely donated if you ask me. Um, she asked us to sign a petition when Black people were, and still are, dying a few weeks ago. She, like, she's not going to shake the table and denounce capitalism. Beyonce is going to hoard wealth. She is married to Jay-Z. She's going to hoard wealth. She's Beyonce. We're not having, it's not necessarily, like, I see the problem with what Beyonce is doing. I also don't see the purpose in bringing the problem to Beyonce, because how many... <laughs> How many of your favorite rappers are hoarding wealth? How many mm -hmm. of your favorite white people are hoarding wealth? I don't understand why the critique is centered on Beyonce. Yes, she's perpetuating something that is obviously a problem. Hoarding wealth is a problem, but I don't see why the critique is centered on her to do the right thing. And I see this happening again and again, the critique being centered on black women to do the right thing because black women will always be the ones standing up saying, hey man, like y'all are being oppressive. Like, they're more leaning towards liberation. And then people will be like, oh, well, since you're leaning towards liberation, mm. what about you hoarding wealth? What about you being famous? Which you also see in people attacking No Name's platform, which is equally as insulting because like what, No Name has not even signed to a label. She's trying to like renounce all of her like riches and et cetera, yes. and just try to do the work and organize. She started a book club. It almost feels like that black women can't do anything right. It almost feels like you literally can't do anything like the AJ complex where it's like, unless you are because it's more like absolutely the from the back. And I call it the AJ complex because Annika always makes fun of me for trying to be as ethical as possible when it's not mm -hmm. even possible. Okay, so then this exactly. goes back to like, last what week's is, Bell are you doing, being who are you a doing landlord. You? Why, we can't be or for holding her to that standard being like, like just secure your bag. That's fine. Exactly. But also I think what people are missing in Beyonce's Blackest King is the Afrofuturism aspect of it. Like, I totally see that she missed the mark on making uh, the African diaspora monolithic and its depiction of culture. But like, also, I think they're missing, like when they say it's like, 
glorifying it. I think it does employ a lot of Afrofuturism and like that idea of like what we could have attained or like what the future could hold for African people, especially right now. I think we need it. I feel like I still feel like we're not lifting enough voices to people. I mean, it's true. We didn't choose. Yeah, like, and just I even hate having this conversation because it's not our fault that we're so dispersed in the world. You know it is mean? white like, people's fault. No, I mean, yeah, right. but like from slavery. Where was she taken from? It should be the real question. She's from I Houston. <laughs> she probably doesn't know. So then we just adopt no, this yeah. idea of like the African culture like homogenizing it and making it our culture but we don't actually know what that is and I think I have done that many times over because I just don't know what culture I am supposed to be a part of anyway and see that's why I just can't get behind diaspora wars conversations because at the end of the day the the real common enemy that we should be organizing against is the colonizer it's not our fault. Like, it's not Beyonce's fault that she wants to be depicting images of, you know, the home that she seeks to want to know more about. But I do think that there are certain ways that you can misstep when you want to create and depict that. And I feel like we need to be lifting voices of those who are African and want to create those images and who want to push those conversations forward because we can't keep relying on Beyonce to be doing that work all the time and it's it, like it is fine that she wants to do the work but we can't keep relying on her for that and people celebrated black pan- i can't i can't tell if this is like the extent of critique be and analysis honest, that like, we had in 2018 when black panther came, or was it i just don't like superhero movies was it 2019 <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh well whenever <laughs> whenever black panther came out oh i loved it i loved it because of somebody who like lives in america and has african parents like it was definitely like like the diaspora was depicted mm. so wonderfully for me and it was so drawn out in a way that I didn't have words to explain in the beginning. However, I wonder though, if Ooh. it, like we accepted Black Panther more than we accept Black as King because like Black Panther, we didn't have the words in the analysis back then that we have now, like as a whole, because I remember Joe um, friend of the podcast <laughs> was talking about how Black mm. Panther doesn't actually do anything for the communities. It's just representation and representation isn't always the answer. But I feel like Beyonce isn't saying that she has the answer. I don't even think True. she's saying she has I think we're an having answer. the same debate. You still have to remember that these well, people like are artists and she's trying to create out. work that is Okay, but we were having, it, we um, were like, oh, he was a slave owner. Let's not talk about that. We're just happy to have all of these ew, black people employed in theater and having this great music and people are loving it so many people and now we're actually critiquing it okay i don't think people were as critical <gasps> of its that? origins then when it first I came out as they that. are now because we had the language to talk about it well you have had because you're you know up here i feel like i always was really well i'm so <laughs> The, yeah, well, the thing is, I just, I, I always thought it was weird because I was like, why are we celebrating? That was back when I was taking a push and I was, why are we celebrating people like Alexander Hamilton, blah, 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 when these people were like, not great people. Like, I didn't like, is it, I, I also didn't watch Hamilton. So I was like, hmm, maybe it's something. I don't know. I the, didn't like it, but my grand, it, the, the my white grandparents show really that it, so I wasn't I seeing because um, I had never seen it. I'm sure they did. <laughs> 
And like, what what do you think is see that also asks the question like, what do you think yes. is the audience for these? They kind of watched things? it. Hamilton. Their, the audience you know, was definitely like, like people that were like a little bit left leaning, like them, you know, like when it came to you know. Like, so you know, it's palatable. That's the thing. Like, oh, this it's is great. Palatable enough. And the audience yes. for Black is King is clearly well, yes. most likely. African-American people that <laughs> dream of a better future and past for I haven't seen it <laughs> I know you've seen it right <laughs> I know you've seen it like for sure so that's why it's like I'm very critical of it and I'm 100% on board with the critique about it but at the same time just don't see the purpose in coming to Beyonce for the revolution because Beyonce has never centered herself in the revolution but I do think that she has that's like a true. very big she platform she really that, did like, that whole Indian culture Beyonce has been culturally appropriating yeah. cultures for a long time like, okay Beyonce, let's mm, Beyonce let's not on that one but <laughs> right and she killed it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am playing around I mean it's just like it's Beyonce and it also makes me think about well if that's the case for Beyonce then why do we see Solange as somebody that pushes the movement forward because Solange has put herself in the position to push the movement forward Solange actively says like yes I I will center myself in this movement and this is where my art will come Mm -hmm. from I don't think Beyonce does the same thing and I feel like that's just not where her art her artistic priorities lie and I feel like Solange also focuses more on her idea of home being Texas. Um, like, that's when so I get home. I feel like Solange, like, the, see, that's why I'm, you know, Solange Stan as someone from Texas. Um, but yeah, so that's how I feel about that. That's how Annika feels about that. Thanks for the question. On to the next. Um, so the next one, like, wasn't <laughs> really yes, formatted as a question, but it was definitely formatted as, like, give me recommendations. So you came to the right girl um, and it said, quote unquote, personalized skin and hair care brands. So I have a good list of skin care okay. brands. I don't think I can speak for hair care brands because we have different hair textures. <laughs> the person that asked me this. Um, <laughs> but I have like three, you know, four that I think are really good. Um, so Curology, oh, no. everyone knows about Curology. I personally don't love Curology because I actually tried it. Have you tried Curology, Annika? I tried it because I knew I knew that they had like just pay for shipping or whatever. So I was like, okay. And it honestly broke me out. But you know, for the some people have really good success stories from it. It basically just includes personalized acne topicals or just like skin topicals. You answer questions, you know, your routine and blah blah blah. And a lot of really good active ingredients have to be prescribed to you by dermatologists. So there are dermatologists behind this that prescribe like certain um, antibacterial like active ingredients that really help your skin. Um, but I just felt like it was too hard for me. So, I mean, could work for you. I would have to know more about your skin type to even talk about what would particularly work for you. But the second thing that I'm most excited about, because I work for them, is Mood, which is this platform for people of color and revolutionizing skincare and centering it around people of color. So basically, it's this team of personal skincare advisors where you tell them about your skin, lifestyle, budget. Then you receive your personalized skincare routine for like a, I think it's like a $20 curation fee. And then you have recommended products shipped to your home. And then you track your progress to find out what's working and what's not, which is so simple. Basically, they, or we, because I work for them, do all the work for you. Um, it's very unique. It's highly personalized. And I feel like it because it centers people of color in mind, it's such a great scientific, like, vetting process. Um, <laughs> you know, because 
you know, the scientists there are so cute and beautiful and me. Um, <laughs> well, mostly, I mean, I don't really do most of that work, but I think it's very important to have platforms for people of color there. And I know the person that asked me that was a person of color, so I highly recommend that. Two more it's that like I think dated. are, you know, I feel like Clinique. Meh. I mean, like, Meh. Clinique is just sort of something you just go to the mall. They have and... a couple called products. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, but the, you, like, cleansing it's, balm. It's a good example. It, it, like, goes on as a balm. Do they? And then I it, like, turns into like, a cult product? No, my mom absolutely loves it, though. Do you use cleansing products? Interesting. I'm, I don't think I've ever used a cleansing balm, because I just, ugh. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't wear, like, foundation or concealer or anything like that, so I just don't feel the need to double cleanse. But I do wear SPF, and if you wear SPF, Double cleansing is also good for that too. So basically Clinique ID is this thing that has this really interesting feature called a cartridge. There are five colorful cartridges that they insert into, they have the moisturizing lotion, the oil control gel, hydrating jelly. And then, yeah, I think those are three of the base formulas. And they give you some cartridges that personalize those for you that address concerns like skin tone, texture, fine lines, et cetera. Personalized skin te- skincare is really in. It's techno- It's technologically based. It's aesthetically based. It's become this whole really cool platform that I see sort of as the future, but you know, people aren't really, people are more educated about skincare now, but they're not really, they wanted it to be as simple as possible. So that just depends on what you want that to look like. And then the last thing, which I think is interesting is the Neutrogena mask. Um, this is basically, I think it's an app where they've designed a 3D printed sheet mask that combines like, um, it's like a color coding that allows you to like put each zone of your face, like it pairs it with different ingredients. Um, it's 3D printing, which it gives active ingredients to different parts of your face anywhere on the mask, wherever you need it. That, I don't know how that's working. Neutrogena is not particularly like, you know that's that like when you're first learning about skincare but yeah so those are four that I definitely recommend um or those are four on the spectrum so yeah um I feel like this is one that I have noticed particularly we have one more question this question was about actually the same (laughs) the drop in standards for men throughout quarantine and I think I've noticed this I I'm just gonna interpret it the way that I want to so um (laughs) Yeah, I, I was on. I was just like scrolling through Tinder because I was bored when I first got home, and I found one of my friends from high school in his Tinder bio said, "I love quarantine. Everyone's standards are lower." And first of all, I was like, "I'm like, are you okay? Like, how do you feel about yourself?" But also, I think what? that's kind of what's been going on for a lot of people. They're like, "Okay, I'm not." yet or like not a lot of people are around so I'm willing to settle (laughs) and uh, people are settling um but yeah like nobody's putting effort like people aren't even showering at this point like I like the standards are so beyond low (laughs) I think that it's like we'll take what we can get you know ah I think that ties back into the thing that we were talking about last week where it was like (laughs) quarantine was not made with like love in mind (laughs) and like people's like basic instincts in mind. So people just like will literally do anything to get their nuts. Like they will literally do anything. Um, So (laughs) 
<laughs> I do want to know how that's going. People quarantine with partners, like, are you kidding me? First of all, how's that going? I feel like that's either a blessing or a curse. If you're quarantining with a partner, please reach out to us and let us know because we would love to hear about that personally. Um, I just don't feel like that would work for me, to be honest. My roommate in Boston she is quarantining with her girlfriend and that seems like that's going fantastically because they're you know your average like wholesome lesbian couple yeah I guess it just like (laughs) depends they just cook together places so jealous but I also think that we're in such a weird but they specifically said like a microcosm of life like we're not even testing these social interactions with these people out in the real world with our regular friends in our normal environments so they're so like it's like a control experiment like it it just doesn't count I feel like this period for me it's just like it's not like it's a blip it's not real life yeah it doesn't feel real right and it shows you that all of the stuff and all of the like constructs that we've been adhering to are literally just constructs like we didn't need to be subscribing to these ideals these companies that are like now doing yeah. free trials and stuff for extended periods of time and offering free stuff. Like obviously you could have been doing this before. That's just so interesting. But um, this person know, specifically said dropping like standards men for men through rarely willing to you, settle. Like how do you okay, interpret that? I mean like their standards are low, but like I feel like guys always want to feel like they're reaching. The standards were already so low. I'm not sure if I feel like. <laughs> okay, have you noticed in, uh, like. What do you like mean by that? relationships that the girl is usually way hotter or just like a better person <laughs> like the, the dude because guys want to feel like they're reaching not settling but girls are way more willing to settle yeah. and be considered yes. an understanding <laughs> so like within that respect I feel like are men really like like maybe if you're just trying to like hook up I don't know but I feel like men really are not if they feel like if they feel like they're settling they just won't do it like they always want to feel like they're reaching even if it's an illusion yeah we do i'm like i'll play games it's fine right yeah and we let them (laughs) true (laughs) because it's easier on like i feel like i'm on my end it's easier because you know that like it's just so easy to just hook up i don't know That's really sad. I don't know. Because I've been seeing way too much of that. Like, you know, that, that tweet <laughs> that often circulates where it's like, when you see like a really beautiful girl and her boyfriend is like a toenail. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, men are allowed to have Like, why does that happen? I don't know. Men just get away with far too and much. They get the, the easiest stuff in life. Like, if guys are funny or they're charismatic, right. blah, blah, it can exactly. like re-up their like exactly. attractiveness. Whereas like it just doesn't it doesn't go both ways and that's also like I don't know if like this person is also talking about like gay relationships like I don't know I don't like I don't have experience not seeing a lot of it where I am specifically so I don't know <laughs> they think they See, putting on then, makeup like, is catfishing a lot of I'm like, like please <laughs> You know, if you're born ugly as a man, <laughs> right? Like, what? What do they want? They're like, take her swimming on the yeah. first day. Oh, like, but like, she only needs Like, you guys question. are just clearly you just want the whole world to revolve around you, and that's just not going to happen. 
Oh, I remember on like Bobo and Flex, Bobo was talking about how she like constantly gives. I just don't to ugly understand men. that. She's like, yeah, I, I, I date know. ugly men. Like, she thinks she's doing a service to the world. And I was like, what is it about? Dating <laughs> she is a hero. Men? Like you're not doing it. I feel like you're not. You're not doing the superhero work. Also, right. <laughs> you're not doing the superhero exactly. work. Exactly. We're also giving not, them the illusion like, that they can do that. Like, like and by the her motto of this podcast, do not deny yourself a pleasure. Get that. Like no, we shouldn't be giving them false hope like that no gorgeous right and have you seen Bobo <laughs> right if y'all have seen Bobo then you'll see how frustrating yeah. that is <laughs> a white man because are you kidding me also I don't know if Lex had a man I know yeah. <laughs> she has a whole man I love that good for her <laughs> well that's all the questions for this week yeah so self-care people keep your lives together there's always new stuff coming out the read if you are looking for another great podcast just came back from hiatus and they have really good content and watch black is king because honestly i could use some joy i could use some hope and it really made me happy no matter the perspective or how much beyonce contributes to capitalism like it's beautiful to look at gorgeous cinematography and the costumes are amazing there's so many great African designers that were utilized for the making of this film. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to that. They're so great. Um yeah, well everyone enjoy your week. <laughs> Feel free to catch us on the internet. Remember, um my Instagram is at dropdeadaj and Annika's is at Annika Gustafson. Good luck spelling that. And remember the podcast Instagram is at BTCHPOD.